And uh, welcome. What a good day to be together and to uh, share together and, uh, and worship and praise our, our God. I'm Pastor Ray Fidgel, and I'm glad to uh, share in worship with you today here at uh, New Horizons. So I want to invite you, if you would, to, uh, to stand and uh, join me in our uh, call to worship. I will bless the Lord at all times. God's praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt God's name together. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen and amen. All right, let's sing together. Open my eyes that I may see. Pastor Lisa, and I'd welcome you to bow your heads for our morning prayer this morning. As we come together, united in our worship of you, Lord, we pray for your perspective. Remind us this morning, Lord, that worldwide struggle doesn't mean that the world is outside of your divine control. We so deeply desire to see people the way you do, with eyes of mercy and grace. But you know us well, Lord. You know we so often center our thoughts on selfish things. Help us to set aside our personal agendas and our self-serving motives and align our hearts with the intentions of your will. 
Through your Holy Spirit, help us to be sensitive to your leading in our lives. Help us to be instruments of your peace. Help us to have the spiritual maturity to know that you will bring about all glory. Watch over our hearts, our minds, and alert us to opportunities where we can share the good news of your truth. Help us to be motivated by peace, to share the good news that your plan is taking place. In our everyday lives, give us your eyes to see all things and all people through your filter of grace so that we can be a positive influence on our families, our friends, our communities, our nations, our world, in your honor. Help us to see our neighbors and look beyond the safety of our own lives to experience the uncertainty and fears others may face. Let us reflect wholly your goodness and fairness. May we, in love, confront and expose inequalities and offer support and voice to victims of injustice. Let us be bearers of peace, comfort, and hope. As we humbly bow before you in worship this morning, and we pray to you as your Son taught us to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, glory forever. Amen. to take the first step when I don't know the way each turn is so uncertain I learn to walk by faith but you Just longs to follow I'm willing 
So every week we have a mission moment, and Becky is going to come and share with us uh, today a, a mission that is important and uh, valuable to her heart and opportunities for us to uh, respond and, and serve in like fashion. Good morning. I have a challenge for everybody. It's your time now to clean out your closets. Yay! The mission this week is to provide winter clothing for the homeless of Broward County. My sister and I have been doing this. We did a summer drive through the church, which was tremendously successful. And we have a contact gentleman, and we asked him, what do you need? It doesn't get freezing cold here, but we do have cool evenings, and when you sleep outside, you do need some items to help keep you warm. The number one item, socks. The socks, socks, socks. They said they never have enough. They go through them quickly. Um, the dollar store has them for a dollar. You can go and just bring bags of socks. They're greatly appreciated. Also, we'll be collecting lightweight and medium weight jackets, sweaters, sweatshirts, long and short sleeve t-shirts, um, jeans or cargo pants long for men or women. Both would be appreciated. Also, he told us they need blankets. Uh, the only problem with the blankets is they need personal throw size blankets or twin size. They carry their things in duffels and in backpacks all day long and the bigger, heavier blankets, they just aren't able to transport where they need them to go. So any like personal throws or lightweight twin size blankets would be, would be perfect. If you have any duffels, small little suitcases, anything you don't use anymore, those would be appreciated. Uh, the items can be dropped off all week at the church in the lobby. Um, Ann or Karen will let you in if the door's locked. Next Saturday, I'll be out in the breezeway from probably 10 to 12 uh, collecting, and I'll also be here next Sunday for the 1030 service. You can bring them, leave them in the lobby, and I'll collect them when I leave. Again, thank you so much. This church has done above and beyond what I even imagined we would take in. So hopefully, clean your closets. We'll have a good winter drive. Thank you. Don't just clean your closets. Get new stuff. <laughs> get, get, get new stuff. Um, 
but that that question, you know, you know, what do you what do you need? You know, what, you know, when you ask that question, and they give you a nice good list. Thank you, a nice good list of what do you need. But that's a biblical question. That's a, that is a biblical question. Uh, we've we've heard it in the scriptures when Jesus talked to uh, James and John in Mark chapter ten. I think a week or two ago, we we talked about it. That Jesus said, "What do you want me to do for you? What do you need?" And today, Jesus is going to say the same thing again to somebody else. You know, what can I do for you? What do you need? And this is, a, again, it's from Mark chapter 10. We've been in Mark chapter 10 for a few weeks. Read all of Mark chapter 10. But this is a, a great story of an encounter with Jesus. Uh, Jesus and his followers came to Jericho. As Jesus was leaving Jericho, together with his disciples and a sizable crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, Timaeus' son, was sitting beside the road. When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to uh, shout, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. Many scolded him, telling him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, son of David, show me mercy. Jesus stopped and said, call him forward. They called the blind man, be encouraged. Get up. He's calling for you. Throwing his coat to the side, he jumped up and he came to Jesus. Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? The man said, Teacher, I want to see. And Jesus said, Go. Go. Your faith has healed you. At once he was able to see, and he began to follow Jesus on the way. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, speak to us the, uh, the holy message of the, of the invitation to respond to Jesus and to follow. Amen. Amen. So, what do you ask for? What do you ask for? You know, Jesus is like, what do you want me to do for you? You know, what do you need? What, so what, how do you respond? What do you ask for? What do you, what do you cry out for? What do you ask for? You know, uh, when, you, when you need a little aid or you need a little help, what do you ask for? Well, oh, I forgot. We're in USA, America. We don't ask for help, do we? That's not our style. That's not in our culture. We don't ask for help. We don't ask for anything. What's our favorite phrase? I'm good, right? I got this, you know. We, we, we don't need any, any help. We are not like blind Bartimaeus. I call him blind Bart. We're not like blind Bart begging on the side of the road because we got this. We're, 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 we got it covered. You know, we're good. But blind Bart is the model of faith in this story. The one asking for help is the one, is the model of faith. But we don't ask for help, you know. We're USA Americans. We don't need help. Individualism is of our highest value. We can do this. Um, you know, I don't want to trouble anybody, so I'll just suffer and do it myself. I'll just struggle and do it myself. I want to be independent, you know. You, you know, we don't ask for help. And, of course, there's been research done on this, and uh, research suggests that there are a number of reasons why uh, USA Americans don't ask for help. 
Um, one is we were never taught to ask for help. And we have few role models. Our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents valued hard work and self-sufficiency, right? And so you do it yourself. You take care of it yourself. You do it on your own. You don't need any help. We're going to do that. The ethic of self-sufficiency has been passed down over and over and over again through generations. So we're good. The other reason that we don't ask for help is we love our independence. We love our independence, don't need to get anybody else involved. And so because we don't need to get anybody else involved and we love our independence, guess what? America is becoming more and more isolated from one another, particularly in this season of COVID and the rise of use of technology. You know, we're streaming worship services. People are working from home. People are working from wherever they want to. People are, are moving around to become more independent because we have all this uh, ability to be independent. But becoming independent, also more independent means we're becoming more isolated, more isolated. Attendance and participation in clubs and community service and churches is decreasing precipitously because we're independent. We got this, so we don't need anybody else. Another reason why we don't ask for help is that we just don't think to ask. We don't realize that, you know, help is a thing, you know. The ethic of self-sufficiency is so embedded in us that we don't even think to ask for, for help. We've been, we've been brainwashed that there's no help out there. We just got to do it on our own. Another reason that we don't ask for help is because, let's face it, it's easier to do it yourself, right, than to show somebody else or ask somebody else or give details or to explain you know, it's so much easier just to do it yourself rather than get somebody else involved. And the other reason, another reason why we don't ask for help is that we're afraid to. Because what does that say about our character? What does that say who we are if we ask for help? What can I do for you? Go ahead, ask, the Savior said. Because you see, when you ask for help, you get this Savior who says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? I wonder, I wonder how blind Bart would have responded if he hadn't regained his sight. You know, he was asking for mercy. What if he had gotten that? What if he had gotten mercy, he had gotten a peace for his soul? What if he had gotten love and expressions of love from Jesus and Jesus' followers and the crowd there, and he got that sense of community, but he had never had the physical healing? There were a lot of blind people around in Jesus' time, and yet this is, we only have a couple of stories of him healing. He didn't like come and heal everybody who was blind. Not everybody started to walk again. Not everybody got their, their hearing back. So what's our response when it's just mercy and peace, just mercy and peace and love that we get? Because blind Bartimaeus, he started his story. He's asking for mercy. Show mercy on me. Notice me. Pay attention to me. Let love come my way. And what did he get when he said, you know, show me mercy? He got direct contact with Jesus. 
when he asked for help, he got a direct contact with Jesus. So how do you respond to that? That direct contact with Jesus. How do you respond? If we look at Bartimaeus' story, we see some very clear responses. You notice he, they say he was sitting by the side of the road. He was sitting there. That's what he did. He sat there. He probably put out his little blanket or his little bowl and let people drop money in it, and he begged for money because there was nothing that he could do as a blind person in that, in that culture. And so he just kind of sat there. He was a sitter. He just sat there. But when he hears about Jesus, he becomes a shouter. He starts shouting. So now there's actually something happening in his life. And when he's invited to come, his response is he gets up and he moves towards Jesus. He's running towards him and he's going towards him. So he's moved from a posture of sitting to a posture of moving towards Jesus. He's gone from stationary to in motion. He's gone from one posture to another posture. You know what we call that in churchy language? Repentance repentance, to move from one place in life to a whole nother direction. Think about it, from sitting to moving, that's a 180 degree turn. That takes energy and motivation, that takes responding to a, to a call on your life. That We call that in the church, repentance, that turning and moving towards Jesus. But he had another response, too. He had another response, too, because when he had that connection, that contact with Jesus, and Jesus said, go, your faith has made you well, Jesus liberated him, set him off, and Blind Bart could have said, good, I can see, I got this now. You know, I can go get work, I can go handle myself, I can go take care of it, I'm good. Thank you, Jesus, I'm on. But no, his response was he began to follow Jesus on the way. He joined the crowd. He joined the group following Jesus. He, he joined th that extensive group, and he began to follow Jesus on the way. He began to follow him, become part of the way. That's what they called the first Christians, the people of the way. There was this journey that they were on, and that journey was to follow Jesus, in other words, to become more like Jesus. And so he's doing this, this following become more like Jesus. Again, we have a churchy word for that. You know, the churchy word for that is called discipleship. It's called discipleship. It's about becoming more like Jesus. And so how do you respond? How do you respond? Repentance is moving from me and what I do to moving toward Jesus. And discipleship is to become more like Jesus. Repentance is toward Jesus, and discipleship is more like Jesus. It's a shift. Repentance is the shift from the stagnant to the moving. And discipleship is about following and growing and serving and becoming more like Jesus on the way, on the journey. The posture of moving from sitting to shouting to movement, it's from the passive to the active. That's what Blind Bart is showing us, to move from the passive to the active. Repentance. I know we think about repentance sometimes as like, 
well, being sorry for a wrong that you've done, and that may be a small piece of that. But repentance is more about the turn from a posture of life, a turn and moving into a new direction and moving towards something. Jesus has come toward you. Jesus has moved toward you, blessed you, heard your cry, and responded to you, and asked, what can I do for you? How do you respond? Repent and move toward Jesus. Toward this Jesus who has already moved towards you. Jesus has taken the first action, and now you're responding and moving towards Jesus. And now Jesus enters your life and makes alterations. For blind Bart, it was sight. For each of us, it's going to be different and unique and special because Jesus deals with us on a personal level and alters our life, and now how do we respond? How do we respond? Jesus blesses you. Jesus alters your life. Jesus is in your life. How do you respond? I know how we respond as good USA Americans. Thanks, I got this. I'm good to go now. I can do it for myself. I'm self-sufficient. Just need a little help over this hump. Right? Or our response can be discipleship. To follow to follow Jesus, even if it means going to the cross. Because you see, Jesus came into Jericho, he was going out of Jericho, and the next stop on this journey is Jerusalem, where he'll go up that hill of the cross, and blind Bart joins that journey that way. Following Jesus is the response of discipleship. And I know we're going to ask, so how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this following of Jesus? Even when it becomes difficult, we've got to have something to hold on to. We've got to have something that's a bit more practical. We've got to have something that's like, that's like you know, stakes in the ground, like tent pegs, pegs, pegs that, that hold us down and give us a foundation, or, or pegs that you, you know, can put on a wall and you can hang something on it. I can say I can hang this value on this, and I can hang it on that if I just had these pegs. Well, we do have pegs. We do have pegs. This is the part where you want to take notes because pegs is an acronym, okay, P-E-G-S, okay? You want to get out your phone and put in the little notes here. P-E-G-S, we need these pegs, and here are our pegs. First, we need pray. We need to pray. We need to pray, and pray, yeah, like Blind Bart, he cried out, but also like Blind Bart, he listened to the invitation, and he listened to the call on his life. And we need prayer, and not just prayer of, of crying out and listing all the things we'd like for God to do, but also that prayer of slowing down and silencing and meditating on Scripture and, um, and listening and sensing the movement of God's Spirit as God speaks into our life. That is all part of what it is to pray. But we also need to engage pegs. We need to engage. We need to participate. We need to be active. We need to build relationships it was a large crowd that was following Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus, this example of faith, steps into that crowd and begins to engage them. There's conversation. He's calling on you. You need to go to him. And blind Bartimaeus gets up. You need to engage with other people. You need to participate. You need to be active. The, the nature of what it is to follow Jesus is to be engaged in the community. Now, I bet you can guess what the pastor is going to say the G is for, right? 
Giving. Giving. And we're talking about giving money. Oh, Pastor, but we can give a lot of things. I'll get to that. You know, but giving money is part of what it is to follow Jesus. Jesus' top two topics of conversation. Number one, the kingdom of God is at hand. Number two, it was about money. Jesus talked about money over and over and over again. How it can taint us and how it can be used for holy purposes. Give to God what is God's. If what is in your pocket belongs to God, then you give it to God. Right? You use it for holy purposes. So give, 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 give. Because that's what Jesus talks about. But we also can give of ourselves, and that's what the S is, service. Service, to give. Everyone has a gift so that it can be shared with the community that you're engaged in. Everybody has a gift. I don't know if you've noticed, but the scriptures that are on our walls as you're coming in and as you're here in the room and see around you, all of them essentially have the same theme to them. You've been given something so that you can share something. You've been given something, you've been blessed in some way, so that you can share it in some way and serve in some way. And each of these, to pray, to engage, to give, to serve, is part of building the qualities of the kingdom in us. This is the work of discipleship, of becoming more like Jesus. Following Jesus on the way, as it says. And all of it's done in the context of the community. When I was a young pastor, there was this community of young men that kind of gathered around me. And, um, you know, I had all the schooling. I had all the learning. You know, I had been to seminary. I had been to college. And I had all the biblical schooling and all of the, the lessons. But what this discipleship was about these men, we came together and we, we prayed together and we helped each other listen for God's call in our lives. We were engaged in life together. We were engaged in the work of the community, the work of the church, and we engaged. We held each other accountable for our giving and even you know, learned and talked more about that so that our giving would become more generous and more extravagant. And we served together, raised money together, went on mission trips together, worked in, and it was a time of great forming of my journey of faith. Had all the school learning, all the book learning, and even then I, people said, oh, Rafe, you can preach. But it took the engagement of those young men around me when I was a young man to set me on this journey of growing in discipleship and becoming more like Jesus. What's your response? What's your response when Jesus enters into your life and Jesus is and has and will constantly and continually enter into your life? What's your response? I'm good, I got this, I don't need any help. What's your response? This is a question that I'm not only going to ask you to contemplate, I'm going to ask you to put pen to paper or clicks to the digital online format because we're going to have a, a covenant a commitment that comes out. Uh, a letter's already, one letter's already been out. There'll be another letter coming out with a 
little card in it and we'll, of course we'll have it on digital format and it'll be emailed to you and we'll have it communicated in every way that you can communicate these days. And it will ask for you to actually make a covenant, to make a vow, to make this commitment to engage in the community around your, your prayer and your giving and your serving. And so what will be your response? You'll spend some time, I'm encouraging you now to spend some time in reflection. But I'm also going to ask you to respond in a very concrete way, in a very real way. For we need each other. What is your response? For Jesus walks into your life and to mine. He says, what can I do for you? Amen. And amen. Oh, holy God, we are so grateful that your love reaches to the point of engaging us through your one and only Son. That your love is extravagant and giving towards us as you bless us with the holy things of your kingdom and fill our lives with opportunities for love and, and peace and joy. Lord, help us to respond to you with courage, with integrity, and with a, a movement that turns towards you and then follows after you. Amen. course, after uh, sharing these words, I'm going to say we want you to respond in some way. So pray, engage, give. You can do that online or through the baskets and stuff that are here if you're on site. Um, and, uh, and serve. The opportunities are before us, and, um, and we try to make them as obvious and as many as possible. So it gives us all opportunities to uh, pray, engage, and give and serve together. Let us... Uh, turned and respond to God also with song. Let's uh, sing together. Be thou my vision. Mm -hmm. 